0: Podcast? <laughs> no, I was just waiting for
1: someone to say something first.
2: I, was, I know, I know, it's funny. There was there was a full, like, 15 seconds of silence, and we were just like, hmm, we were all thinking to ourselves separately. How do we begin the show?
1: I thought you were listening to the thunder in the background here. No. Is that what that is? As the storm approaches.
0: Oh. oh, it's thundering close. Season four, it's not quite approaching, although I don't <laughs> think that's what you were saying, but I'm going to draw a parallel. Set. Because it's a game of own, so we're talking about season three more.
2: Yes, we are still within the week. Of its ending, so you really can't blame us for talking about it. Plus, it was such a jam-packed episode for being a little slow-paced.
1: Pack jammed. We can't let go. We can't
0: let go.
2: No. Never let go. Don't let go, Jack.
0: Don't let go! Don't do it. We're the door, ladies and gentlemen, and please never let go of the door, because we all know what happens when you let go of the door. You sink. You sink. Mm-hmm. Don't ever sink. Exactly. We just want to be here for you all day, at least three days a week.
2: Yes. Shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land upon the st- among the stars. And also don't let go of the door or you'll sink right. to the bottom of the ocean.
0: And look out for black holes because they are strong and they will pull you in and you may go to another universe.
2: You know, speaking of black holes and other universes, I felt like we were in the universe of awesome on Wednesday night or Tuesday night. That was night. a
0: good transition. There Thank you, you go. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I still said speaking of, so I feel like I get points <laughs> off. This is like why I want to do a reality uh, show called Judges, where it just follows some like three nobodies or whatever. And Us. it doesn't matter what they do at all. But during their daily lives, they should be able to just turn and ask judges. And whatever they just did, there's judges who rate them like one to ten with the cards and all that.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah.
2: So even though I said so, I guess I said speaking of so that transitions a little you know points off.
0: Well, they kind of do that with five stars and iTunes already with Game of Owns, so we appreciate those. <laughs> we've seen a few new ones since Tuesday. Tuesday was fun. I mean, Mikey, you weren't there the whole time, and that was really lame, but I'm glad you called in, and it, we had a really great time, and the fans missed you. They they all missed you.
2: It was great you could get out of your, your work function for a couple of minutes. It
0: was cool for us because, you know, we've been making this show for a while, and Selena's not here tonight because we're recording a little late. It's Boys Club on Friday, as we like to call wow. it.
1: Wow.
0: Or Boy Zone. Let's start a boy band.
1: Hey already, man, I think that's already banned. a boy band. No. What should we call ourselves?
0: Uh, the Little Rascals is already taken. We'll figure it out. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> well, I How think the Young the Rascals tweets? is taken, right? So maybe Young we'll... Money's taken to. <sighs> what do you think of Bronze Bros? Yeah, that's pretty good. Or just mm. the Bronze. That, that's a Bronze. Cool. I like that. Ah. Oh, Bronze. <laughs> now you're just taking the the off because it's cleaner.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm thinking of like the character Braun and not Bran.
0: Yeah, exactly. We know the difference now. It was all because on Tuesday night, obviously, we're talking about it more because it was so much fun. We got to hang out with you guys for the first time. We've been making the show for many, many months and many weeks. And now we're making episode 110. So that's a lot of time to have any kind of real open dialogue with people. And it was just so many of you guys turned out. And I know that I was personally surprised and I think the rest of us were too.
2: We had a great quality of questions and owns as well. People talking, you know, basically they all had points to bring up that we had overlooked and had not fully talked about previously. And it just got me thinking. I mean, we had a what at least a 10 minute conversation about Theon even.
0: Yeah, no, it was great. And I think that um, it goes to show that you know, these things on the Internet don't have to be a byproduct, necessarily a bad one of the great thing that's already being made, because so many of you guys are brilliant. And the fact that our listeners are so smart and awesome just makes me want to do the show even more and mm-hmm. better. So that's the plan for the off season. We're going to destroy all of the asses. We're going to destroy them all. <laughs> yeah. And the, the other thing that was useful uh, was the chat that was going on during. I
2: know, Zach, you were in there. <laughs> I was. Um, but so was everybody else. And so even while people were calling in and, and speaking with us on Skype, we had instant feedback from all the others listening and it was just really cool Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so we'll try to do that again soon Soon soonish
2: it's a unique way to make sense
1: even for the uh the short period of time that i was on and i know sam made an appearance which was really great as well uh you know it was just really cool to uh there was one caller on at the time sounded like he was from england or scotland it was gordon walsh dude gordy walsh yeah gordy walsh (laughs) i didn't even know I thought Selena changed her voice again or something. Uh, You were just
0: like in the middle of traffic in New York City. Like people were hailing cabs.
1: It was crazy. (laughs) I edited as much of that out as I could. And when Sam decided to show up, uh, as I think I mentioned on the live show, I was getting these really weird looks and people walking by. I can't imagine why that was. (laughs) It's because they see a grown
2: man talking like he's a grown bigger No, it's
1: because they saw two grown
0: men sharing a phone, Eric. (laughs) That's what it is.
2: That's what it was. Are you trying to imply that
0: Sam is not real?
2: Sam exists in many of our hearts in show perpetuity. How about that? (laughs) There you
0: go. No, you would have a bunch of listeners to answer to, Eric. They'd burn you at the stake if they they, would. You told them it wasn't real.
2: Okay, I will not try to say that he doesn't exist.
1: He absolutely exists. uh, But the point I was trying to make, I think, was that you know I really. you know when you, when you do a podcast one of the greatest things that you can get out of it is being able to interact with your listeners and the people that contribute on a regular basis that leave reviews that tweet that send in emails and that to me is really the the, the special part of it and i'm sorry i missed out on it i'm looking forward to the next opportunity it's it's really just a whole lot of fun and it's it's just It's giving back in a way, listeners giving back to us for what we enjoy doing and it's just great interaction.
2: You know, I have a proposal to make. Will you marry me? But also, yes. The... <laughs> Thank you, guys. You both. Uh, you both. said I, yes I did not How'd say you... yes. Oh, oh, oh. I See? did. Oh. This is a turn of events. Sam, even after us. I called you, not real. Just kidding. Oh. oh, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burn, burn, slam. The playing okay. games with my heart, Sam. No, my proposal is that we do the next live show. There may be an opportunity to, to do this before, but we should do it at the halfway point of the off season to be like, hey, this is as long as we're going to have to like this. Well, no, now is as long as we're going to have to wait. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we're halfway through kind of a, like a, a support group kind of thing going on. Um, roughly, what is it? Five, four or five months from now. So we should, we should look to do that.
0: That is absolutely hilarious that you say that because the uh, I was going to name the episode Live Goo Season 3 Support Group, the one that was on Wednesday. <laughs> that is so funny. I literally changed it at the last minute because I thought it was a little better. But that, that's technically sort of what it was because everyone was calling in and talking about their thoughts on Season 3. It just ended. It's a big deal to all of us, it was especially here on the show. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah.
2: when we were talking about Kat and John and, and, mm. and how sad that was. Yeah it
1: it is and it's such a long wait that's the other part of it is you know with with other television shows that are non-HBO at least you get a couple months right i mean i you guys know television better than i do i think at least eric you know most shows how many episodes do they have during a regular season 20 25
2: it is roughly 20 to 25 i think although i will say it really depends and and the standard is no longer really held across mm. the board even lost in the last couple of seasons only had 16 episodes right um and it's a culture it's a country thing as well uh bbc series will last far fewer episodes and uh, i can't believe i'm about to bring this up on goo but uh, pretty little liars the show oh, yeah, that my, my girlfriend absolutely flips out about. I um, love that show. <laughs> is is on, but it's on again. Like they premiere four separate premieres like throughout the year. They're off for like maybe a month or two and then they keep going. So I don't know what the heck they're doing. Um, but they're doing it right because mm-hmm. people only like the finale was maybe in mid March and then the premiere was last Tuesday. So they're they just keep going, you know?
0: A lot of it depends on budgetary restrictions. Like mm-hmm. you'll see some of the more boutique shows like Mad Men that have a higher payroll in the cast or more intricate sets. They will shoot fewer episodes than let's say Desperate Housewives that ha- will have 24 or 25 a season because they shoot on a very isolated set. You know, like Wisteria Lane was built and they kind of hung out there. Yeah. But um in Game of Thrones' case, we already have the subject material and the scripting. So there's really no surprises. They already know what's coming. And so with it being so high budget and being an HBO show... Falling into this model was just made sense for them naturally. You know what I mean.
2: You know the other thing that I think the mon, uh, the weight helps is it helps with George R. R. Martin and his writing. I'm sure because he's still got two books to write, and the series is going to catch up to him if they don't kind of slow it down a little bit.
1: So it, it really begs the question: What season four is going to look like? Is it going to be just the second half of Storm of Swords, or is it going to you know delve a little bit into? Feast for Crows, maybe some stuff from A Dance with Dragons, depending on how they tweak the storylines. I know there was a great article over on winnerscoming.net taking a look at that. And, you know, obviously spoiler warning, um, mm. in terms of certain storylines. I don't think they give away a lot of plot points, but just overarching themes and direction for season four. I think there was one version that was a little bit less spoilerish and then. Obviously, one more geared towards book <laughs> readers, but check it out. Uh, it's really cool, and it kind of gives a little bit of insight as we wait now, as the wait begins. Where's the countdown clock? I guess we don't have a premiere <laughs> date, so we can't get one. I'll of talk those to yet. Phil. Let's get one up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get one up anyway. General uh, general countdown.
0: I really enjoy the vast difference of listeners and of contributors and of just people that are a part of the community um, through Winter is Coming now through our show because, you know, after our partnership with them, we've really, really opened the floodgates to such a good cultural divide between book readers and Unsullied. Mm. And, um, you know, for the most part, they all play together really nice. And it's just a ton of admiration I have for everyone who's so far ahead in the series that, you know, refuses to spoil it for the other people because they love the work so much. And and also, you know, it's hard for Eric and I because I, I know personally for me, um, I'm a reader and I want to read these books now. But, yeah. you know, we've talked about this before. We all kind of understand why Eric and I can't. But just as a reminder, like we would love to read forward, but it's just part of the show and it's fun and it's discovery and, you know, it's cool. Yeah,
2: no, and I mean, I think just the people I've been talking to, and and we really can't state that enough times, I think, that it's, we actually should be really grateful for not having been spoiled, because we're around this all the time, you know, we have email inboxes, we have a contact um, you know, email and we really could, you know, somebody vindictive could just easily spoil either Zach or myself when we're checking the inbox and they haven't. And it's never even been a question. We've never been almost spoiled except by Micah and Selena <laughs> accidentally slipping or something, trying, trying to put a hint in here and there. But really, it's like, it's, it's considering how many people we reach, uh, every week and how many people we source, you know, comments from and things like that. The fact that you guys haven't spoiled Zach and myself is, is, a, is a cause for great gratitude uh, from us, you know, yeah. so from, from us to you, from, from ours to yours. <laughs> from <good laughs> to you this? Merry Christmas. Happy <laughs> yes, New Year. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: yes. No, I, and, and my, my policy always is if I know that something is going to be coming up, let's say with season four, I'm going to tease about it, but I'm never going to say what's going to happen. I'm never going to say who it's going to happen to. I'm never going to say where it's going to be taking place. Mm-hmm. So, I think that when you limit yourself in that respect, there's only so much that you can possibly do and possibly say uh, and it's it's it is difficult because I think there's a challenge in not giving away too much information depending on the topic that we're talking about because Selena and I have to kind of really be paying attention and not you know like take a little nap at at some point during the recording because if we say something based on what comes up then you know we we run the risk of of spoiling you or spoiling people who are listening to the show and and we don't want to do that i don't want you to do it either <laughs> <laughs> yeah so please please don't very much so
0: this show is is um geared for everybody though we're not we're definitely not a recap podcast of the tv show because that's 10 episodes of the year i mean i guess if you count the um the friday episodes where we do a little bit of lean back off of that but you know, we have an entire off season that we dedicate to getting into the meat of this stuff and you know there's only been one of those so far and i foresee many of those in the future but um regarding the show catching up with george's books guys i have a theory and i believe that this will be the first time that we've seen something like this but i i think that george and hbo are going to line up their releases very very close like i'm foreseeing you know, for example, and this is just purely speculation and I'm probably completely wrong, but I think it'd be really cool if the last book came out, you know, just a handful of months before the final season. So it was just, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: almost perfectly timed. That would be really, really special. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I I think we're we're obviously going to see the winds of winter, hopefully, um, within the next year. That's book six. That's book six. Okay. Yeah. And if, if, and and it's going to depend how HBO structures things post season 4. So mm-hmm. do they begin to incorporate things from future books? How are they going to take storylines and move them forward or maybe eliminate them depending on their level of importance? Remember, Benioff yeah. and Weiss know the end game. So they can ultimately make the decision, we don't really need this character. We don't really need this storyline <laughs> and that might be something that could potentially upset readers of the books uh, as is the case as we've seen in you know any book to screen or book to television series adaptation, when characters get cut, storylines get cut, it can really anger people. Uh, but I think these guys are true passionate fans. They'll act in the best interest of the content and I'm looking forward to see how they do it because it's not going to be an easy job. I think what the
2: good thing that, uh, may shine like a guiding light in, into, into this in the future is that so far we know from what they've produced so far that they love sex. They love swagger. They love, you know, they love all the reasons that we love the show. They love that because it's in the show, you know? So I think they'll continue if character, as long as characters continue to stay classy, San Diego, um, we'll be fine. And
0: I'm really glad that we get the chance to see this because there's plenty of, amazing fantasy series. I mean, I, I don't think that there are many that are on the level of this, but it's still really special that we even get to have this show. So I tend to not really think of anything in a negative light. I mean, we get a little bit descriptive and we critique some mm-hmm. on the podcast because that's kind of the mechanic of what we yeah, do. that's what that's, we got to do. part of the content. But yeah. I mean, over overarching, I am just giddily thankful with rosy cheeks and dancing pink socks that this is a TV <laughs> show. You know what I mean? <laughs> dancing <laughs> we get to see pink this. socks. Those are some nice that socks. <laughs> From, yeah, and, um, those are some anyways, nice- <laughs> So, we wanted to talk about the fall off uh, of season three because we talked a whole lot about it with you guys on Tuesday night, and that later became our Wednesday episode. And We promised you guys that this episode would be the episode where we share to you our owns of season three, yes, and that will be later in the episode.
2: That will be later in the episode. And I wanted to talk to you guys from well, actually, no, Zach, you remember um, on the live episode, we had a little moment where we were talking about honor. Um, and Selina and uh, we were talking about – I guess we were comparing Stannis' virtue to um, Davos, Seaworth. And, and somebody had pointed out to me that, well, you know, Davos is actually probably more honorable than Stannis. We actually got an email from a guy named Steve Atwell I wanted to read on the show, um, and it's actually really insightful. Read it. Do it. Gotta do it. Uh, this is from Steve Atwell again, and he emailed us at our email address, which is, I should say – Contact at GameOfOwns.com. He says, I feel that sometimes folks on Goo tend to equate all virtues with honor and being a good guy with honorable, and I don't think that's quite right. Stannis is not an honorable man, and it's a mistake to think of him as a protagonist or antagonist in terms of honor honor is ultimately a question of means eddard refuses to seize cersei or back joffrey or back renly because that's not how honorable people behave thanis's virtue is justice Stannis is just a man, and for him, justice is a question of...
1: Is it just It's just a question.
2: (laughs) He believes that just outcomes need to happen, whether that's the cleansing of the royal court of corruption, or the punishment of rebels, or how he approaches the question of what to do with Davos or Gendry, and he will use any means necessary to make that happen. Hence, to him, Renly was a traitor and a rebel, and the punishment for treason is death, and to Stannis it really didn't matter whether Renly died because of Melisandre or in battle— whereas to an honorable man like eddard the how of renly's death would have mattered a lot mm hmm. and davos's virtue isn't honor either ooh yes he's a man with conscience who tries to do the right thing and who does think the means are important hence saving Gendry, hence being utterly disgusted by Melisandre's shadow magic. But what most characterizes Davos is loyalty. He is completely loyal to Stannis to the point of death. He will accept being thrown into the dungeons or ordered to be executed if Stannis wills it, He's willing to tell Stannis the absolute truth, even if it's not what Stannis wants to hear, and he's willing to act against Stannis' will if he feels it to be in Stannis' best interest. It's what set him apart from most of the characters in the series. He really doesn't put his self-interest above his loyalty to his liege lord, Steve Atwell.
0: Race for the Iron Throne. Right, his liege lord is Steve Atwell. Well,
2: no, uh, that was the end. That was I'm the joking. Sign. I'm joking. So what do you guys think? Did we screw up? Did we mess up uh, so- kind of how we view honorable
1: let me touch on Steve's email here for a second because I like the way that he presented this. However, I'm not somebody who is going to look solely at a character and say that they can only have one virtue, and I think that's exactly what he's doing. Unless he's saying that justice is what defines Stannis more so than anything else, and that for Davos it's loyalty. But I I don't think that you can necessarily say that these are the only components to these characters. To say that Davos doesn't have honor, I don't agree with that. I think that that's part of his character. Just like there may be some element of Stannis' character that you could also characterize as honor. It may not be the same as Ned's, but it still exists. And That's my only issue with what he's presenting here.
0: I think it's a good point. But um, Micah, you're also right. I mean, honorable is is what most of these men are. I mean, in their own way. And yes, Mm -hmm. Stannis, justice for Stannis doesn't include murdering Gendry for the hope that some spirit magic might work and make him fulfill his destiny. To me, that's not justice, but that is within the realm of justice because he believes he is the one true king, and that is a means to complete the justice that he believes he deserves. So, I mean, you know, Steve, you're right in in many different ways, but I don't think it's fair to limit one person to one thing. But I think it's interesting to look at it this way because, I mean, if George wrote it this way, it's interesting because these different characters all kind of pull from the same source, but in different ways. It creates different characters and it creates more depth.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I ended up uh, Googling it while we were talking here and uh, I looked up uh, honor. This is from the Wikipedia page. I I think it's interesting, though, and I think it's very relevant. Honor is an abstract concept. There you go. Entailing a perceived quality of worthiness and respectability that affects both the social standing and the self-evaluation of an individual or nation, or corporate body, etc. Accordingly, individuals are assigned worth and stature based on the harmony of their actions with a specific code of honor yeah. and the moral code of the society at large. So here you go, because, because this is a show, the moral code, what's going to be the moral code of the society at large, if we can break the fourth wall and say, we're viewing these characters. So our own honor code is going mm-hmm. to be forced upon these characters, regardless of what life is like in the, in the series too. So if right. you, if you think, Um, you know, walking around shirtless is honorable. You could say Gendry is honorable, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can make that, that point. So, you know, it is, it is very abstract and broad.
1: And what I was going to add is you're reading through these characters perspectives when you, when you're in the books, right? So you're getting multi-layered perspective of who these characters are and they all have different elements and different characteristics to them. It's not limited to just saying Davos is loyal, Stannis is defined by justice, Ned is honorable. They all have different components to who they are, and the, you know Zach touched on it, and, and I think I brought it up in my initial comment. There's layers, man. Just like, like just like Donkey says, onions in Shrek. It's like <laughs> onions, man you you can't just say if if you're saying it's their defining characteristic I agree with you for the most part but Davos is or was a smuggler right he was he was a thief he was a pirate not honorable that's not very honorable that's not and who's who is he loyal to nobody but himself now he's loyal to stannis one would argue so characteristics defining traits change over time and if you look at these characters now, they're very much different from you know, when you learn about their backstory throughout the course of the series. So I, mean, I like Steve's email. I, I think he, he brings up really important points. And I think you can't necessarily define Stannis as being an honorable man because of all of what he's done leading up to this point, including killing his own brother. But I think there's elements of him that somewhat interpret as being honorable. And what those are? Email us, tweet us. <laughs> no,
2: I, I think too that uh, this topic will probably come up in future episodes. I mean, this is you know the kind of talk we can really have during this off season that's yeah, upcoming. Absolutely, we'll be able to. I, I sense you know that we'll be able to talk about other characters and whether or not they are honorable or, or have honorable traits, like you're saying. Um, But yeah, I mean, I wanted to thank Steve for sending that in, and I think that's a very valuable – it's the kind of feedback we like to get, especially you know after something that was only taken up maybe 45 seconds during the show, to really be able to go back into it and analyze it and think about it. It's going to
1: fuel a lot of discussion. I'll tell you that right now because (laughs) people have very strong opinions of all the characters. Yes. um, But I've seen a lot as it relates to Stannis. I've seen comments on uh, winnerscoming.net as well. Talking about not just this discussion, but other discussions we've had in the past as it relates to Stannis.
0: I, I actually, I mean, for the record, I enjoy all three of these characters. I don't, I don't dislike Stannis at all. I just, I thought he was pushing into the minor character field until the I end of the season. That was so a, it's cool to see. And you like Stannis, Eric? You're a huge Stannis fan.
2: Um, yeah, not as much as Davos, but I think, I think you're right. I mean, when you said you thought he was fading into obscurity following Blackwater, I think I'd, you know, I'd be with you on that. And then now him being the first person to take that letter seriously. I mean you said it you know that's, that's just great. The, that shows that he's he's coming back In a big way, maybe.
0: Well, yeah, his head's not in his ass like 17 other rulers. (laughs) So that's cool and that's great because I think that the leadership in Westeros needs to be aware of everything that's happening, not just who should marry who and why should they marry them and whether or not they're making children because that is a very shallow way to look at the kingdom. And I think that that is going to spell an end for a handful of people if they don't change their way, which could happen, couldn't happen. That's the great thing about this whole thing is we all have opinions if we're on Sully. We don't necessarily know the facts. so. Mm. Everyone can have opinions and we can all be entitled to them. We can all discuss them and it's cool. But Steve, this email was the shit because, uh, your formatting was great. Yeah. And it's you cool. He spoke I mean, English,
1: which always helps. Yeah. <laughs> love,
0: love English. No Swahili. So, uh, that's good. Thank you, Steve, for this email because, uh, we'll be looking forward
1: to more from you. And feel free to, uh, rebut whatever. I said earlier, I don't even remember at this point. You agree with him, though. I mean, and I agree with Steve. Steve, you're right. I mean, you're completely right. One thing we should do is let's revisit Steve's email as we begin to read A Clash of Kings and we start to see things from Davos' perspective.
2: Ooh, and from I the that. book, I without the wait. sulliedness yeah. of Hollywood yeah. television. I can't wait. I mean? That was his perspective. Woo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, there's actually a few other things that we never really touched on during the Monday and Wednesday episodes, and we've been getting a shitload of emails. And a shitload would probably equate to um, one – Tonka truck full of shit, not the toy, but the real one. Well, no, a
2: hodor-sized,
0: Hodor <laughs> yeah, a hodor-sized load of shit, and uh, that that thing, <laughs> a hodor-sized load of shit, um, and the thing that you guys brought up uh, consistently were the giggles being pointed in the direction of one of our favorite minor characters. <laughs> Good old Podrick, Podrick. Old tripod.
2: Yeah. Tri- oh, tripod. Um, <laughs> when he entered, and I'm sure you guys noticed this too. There's a scene of him coming down the stairs. It's right at his entrance. And there's two girls. And he's just walking down some steps. The two girls look at him, laugh, point, giggle. He, he makes a left and goes to, is it, um, whoever he's walking to? Tyrion. I think it's, is it, it Tyrion? So. Okay. But, but that's a separate shot. And so essentially there's a shot that's just entirely him coming down some stairs and some girls giggling that <laughs> is completely removable. It was just added in. Like it wasn't a necessary part of the transition of that scene. <laughs> the scene actually picks up. Later, when he's walking towards Tyrion. Separate camera, everything. They literally just set up a shot where Pod's coming down and getting
1: giggled. Yeah, well... I think given that it was the finale, it was just a uh, throwback to what we've learned about Podrick this season. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair,
2: or what we haven't learned.
0: Well, no, because Brian told us when Brian Cogman was on the show, he was like, yeah, it was a fun joke. But seeing (laughs) this definitely completes it full circle for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's funny. So it's cool that they brought it back. And, you know, obviously they did it way before he was on the show and told us. Mm -hmm. So this was the plan all along. So that's cool. I'm glad that. You know that just goes to show that you need to wait around before you make harsh judgments on this program because mm-hmm. they they think things out. They're in for the
1: uh, the slow burn, like George's. Yeah, no, it's it's and it's never a bad thing <laughs> to have girls giggling at you in that <laughs> well, way. Well, sometimes it could be. A it bad depends thing. If, they're, yeah. if they're making fun
0: of you. Yeah.
2: It's not funny.
0: (laughs) No, Um, I'm glad we got to see Pod a little drunk, too. A little saucy Pod, a little sauce Pod. They had a little uh, bit of wine. I'm just looking forward to more scenes with these people. That's why season four is going to be so fun.
2: Yeah, this was just like an essentially, besides the Tyrells, it's like a who's who of (laughs) who we're still keeping, uh, you know, in touch with. Well, so Pod's going to talk to uh, Tyrion, but a lot happened with the Tyrion character without Tyrion being present. And I'm talking, of course, about Varys's speech. That he gave about like to Shay and I guess I didn't ask you guys this on the other show but do you think because at the end of that conversation Shay says uh, Tyrion if if Tyrion wants me out he should come to me himself do you think Tyrion really put Varys up to that to ask Shay to leave see I don't either
0: No Absolutely not. Come on, Shay, you know better than that.
2: But that's how she took it. She was like, oh, you know, it's, it's like, what? What is she Italian now? Oh, you know, the pizza, Mario. Yeah, uh, no. But Varys, then it was Varys acting of his own accord.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, of course, because Varys cares about the kingdom and, and he knows that, that between all of the people that are in a good position to make good decisions, Tyrion <laughs> Lannister will be a good man. This will be.
2: scene endears me to Varys like so much greater than anything else because he genuinely does care, and he's telling Shay in the most like in the nicest way possible. And not to mention, he gives Get her a sizable out. amount of money. Yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, there you the, go. it's
2: the Terminator scene all over again.
1: Get out! Absolutely, um, it's and and I think there has been a growing relationship between Varys and Tyrion all season long. And they've done a great job developing that. And if you remember during the small council meeting in this episode, uh, Tyrion makes his comment to Joffrey about how kings are dropping like flies And because Joffrey calls him a monster. And Varys Mm -hmm. has this moment where he gives this little snigger. And you can Mm -hmm. tell Varys likes Tyrion. And this goes back a couple seasons now. Mm -hmm. They have this really interesting dynamic between the two of them and- I really do believe that Varys has a tremendous amount of confidence in Tyrion and his ability to lead, and he doesn't want to see him potentially distracted by somebody like Shay. Tyrion's already been married off to Sansa, so that, that's a power play right there. And He feels that the more that Shay is there, the more of a distraction she's going to be, and the worse that's going to be for somebody like Tyrion. Varys is a man's man, okay? I don't care if he's been
0: castrated and his balls have been removed. <laughs> Varys is a man's man because he's got the balls to remain in the kingdom during all of this shit, to remain at the top, not just inside of Westeros, because he's got his hands dirty on a lot of things. He has enough time to go kidnap someone or somehow procure someone through his own means, keep him in a box, show, show it off to a few friends when the time calls, mm-hmm. and then to make these cool moves. I mean, he, he's like the modern-day equivalent of the Coke. brothers Brothers and a few lobbyists thrown together like he's doing a great job and he's a tough dude and we hated him so much I think we all did did we all three hate him early on I think uh, think
2: it's fair to say
0: I didn't like him because I thought he played a significant part in Ned's death. And Mm. we just finished the commentary episodes for season one. Yeah. And I was reminded about his talks with Ned in the dungeon when he was just not very nice. But that was kind of, I guess, Varys' own way to be like, damn it, Ned. Like, you had potential because you're the Warden of the North. Yeah. You're from this long line of Starks that have ruled Winterfell for thousands of years. And you are the man. And you are good friends with the king. And you could have came in and you could have done some great things but you did not play correctly and so I think he was just sour I don't think he was evil
2: yeah you're right he was definitely sour I mean this scene where Varys comes and pays off tries to pay off Shay and she says no actually makes me think less of Shay I mean he was he was reasoning with her I mean here's the thing like yes she loves him but I think she's being a little selfish and the the reason like he has this quote Varys says he has the mind for it and the will for it and the right last name to actually (laughs) to actually make a difference You know, he's, he's, Varys is talking about actually leading a centuries long, you know, what could eventually be a second, centuries long peace, which the, the, the realm has not seen really since Aegon Targaryen. I mean, since the, you know, the mad king was slain. I mean, Robert kind of had this, this uneasy 12 years, um, where he was getting drunker and people were starting to seize, you know, it just wasn't comfortable. It's gradually
0: taking bigger shits. Yeah.
2: Varys really (sighs) thinks. That Tyrion can can do this, but he's saying, and this is a recurring theme, too, thinking with your man parts, uh, you know, throughout the series, is that it distracts you. And, you know, he really feels that uh, Tyrion, especially, you know, we can weigh in on his Sansa marriage, you know, that this is the way to really nurse the kingdom back to health.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with it, though, because mm-hmm. um, the point was brought up that after Shay arrived in Tyrion's life, he dropped his whoring he dropped most of his bad habits that kind of kept him away from fulfilling the potential that he has mm. so let's say Tyrion actually is in love with Shay because he is uh, as far as what we've been shown yeah and let's say Shay is actually in love with Tyrion because it appears that they've tried to tell that message even though it, it looks like they've they've d- done their damnedest to to make her you know scorned and a little jealous and (laughs) I I don't really know exactly I can't make a real assumption because I I don't know what is in their minds they haven't really completed her arc yet or really I feel like gotten too far into it to give us much depth but Mm. Let's say for this sake that they are in love with each other and Tyrion has dropped these things. I mean, you just said literally thinking with your man parts and, and being distracted. And I think that that is the advantage that Tyrion has right now. He's less distracted. He's not going out and whoring and he's not filling Baelish's cup with some cash from his whorehouses. You
1: know what I yeah. mean? Like,
2: Yeah, but Varys still wants it to be less so because he wants to send Shae away.
1: Keep in mind, though, that he also now has a wife who's not going to be given any to him. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, and well, I agree with you. he's not going to take any from, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: No, you're right. he's a
1: good guy. Yeah, you defines right. his character going back to Steve's email from earlier. But <laughs> let's well, do not you get think, into that.
2: Do you think that Tyrion will take that um, – I mean, now that he is on – but he's on better terms with Sansa. So I'm thinking – I wasn't thinking at all that he wasn't going to get any from Sansa. I mean, I'm not saying it'll be immediate. But they're warming to each other, and I think eventually it's possible – uh, probable that they, that they, that he will, um, you know, give her a son. And I, I think especially after the argument that Circe made. I think it's on his mind a little bit more than the disgusting, you know, I, I don't know. So it is debatable whether Tyrion will go back to his whoring ways if Shay were to leave.
0: I don't know if he will, though. I mean, I see the point. I see it so many different ways. And it's it's so interesting that they gave it to us in the finale because we don't really know what's going to happen, whether Shay is going to leave or not, because I don't think she really gave a definitive answer. But... He could have just been changed by love itself. And now, with everything getting just more and more serious, he may just remain a a stand up dude. Because, I mean, before there was a lot less strife. He had never been made the hand, Ned was never slaughtered. There wasn't an attack on uh, King's Landing. You know, the list goes on Mm -hmm. of things that have changed, not to mention the threat from the north, which they're (laughs) all going to find out about coming soon, you know, at least what we're (laughs) going to see in season four. So maybe one would hope, yeah. Yeah. Right. So maybe it, it could go both ways. Like he could relapse and become a shell of what he is now and he could be less likely to be an outstanding leader or on the other hand he could still do it with shay or do it
1: without shay like it's hard to say it's really hard to say. just keep in mind what happened the last time he was in love with this woman and things went really really bad some could argue that that actually propelled him into this type of behavior that he exhibited up until shay right
2: Hmm.
0: Well, also just being a wealthy young man growing up yeah. where your family has power. Yeah. You see that in modern days. It was know, a and- trick.
2: I think Tyrion's got the respect now from others that he's earned. And I think it makes him a little bit more comfortable. You know, to be tricked like he was with Jamie and the first, you know, wife was, was harsh for him. And he, he definitely acts out. Like I said, even at the, um, the wedding ceremony when he was way too drunk, way too quickly. I thought that was a little, well, I thought it was much, you know. It was it's a bit, happened to all of us, it's though. It's been you know much, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> we Remember Emerson's drunk wedding? At weddings. <laughs> Remember Emerson's wedding, guys? Yes, no, yes I No, no, you don't, and neither do I, and that's why. <laughs> so, <laughs> let me just say that. No. I was remembering that the other day fondly, of course, yeah, but, um, we should do but anyway, again. no. I I did want to mention, I mean, Tyrion has the makings of a leader. And he even says to Cersei, um, God, I feel like I say her name differently every time I pronounce it. It's not difficult for me. I just It just comes out of my mouth differently every time. Sometimes I say Cersei, sometimes I say Cersei. I mean, there's
0: pressure when you're making a podcast. Uh, There is. It's so much pressure. It just pops out. He
2: tells Cersei, every time we deal with- I call her
1: brother fucker.
0: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's easy.
2: Sam's term for her is the best. (laughs) <laughs> um, Tyrion says to Cersei, every time we deal with an enemy, we create two more. And, uh, there's obviously some imagery there with, um, gosh, is it the, the, the multi-headed, uh, creature? The Hydra, from, Hydra. The Hydra. Thank mm. you. Um, you know, with the heads growing back and from, from Greek or Cthulhu. You know, history. Yeah. But it's a very political thing to say. And, and, you know, he's actually having a brotherly, sisterly conversation with her about the future of the kingdom, not just about her son. Right. So I, I think Tyrion could very well be as good for the kingdom as Varys is saying. And I think we felt that way about Tyrion for a while. But a lot of that had to do with his you know, jovial nature. But I think now we're really seeing that he could lead.
1: A couple of things, though, I wanted to bring up with Varys. I think that in that particular scene, you're seeing him continue to emerge as this really major power player. Even going back to season one, we see him with Illyrio in the dungeons. I'm sure there are scenes throughout season two as well that we could talk about, but Varys is playing a really, really interesting game. And I want to learn more about it. I really do. And I'm fearful for Shay by rejecting this offer, knowing what kind of player Varus is. I'm not saying that he's, he's vindictive, but he's, he does it in such a way that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I think by Shay taking those diamonds and throwing them back at him, she's putting herself in a very bad position moving forward. Yeah. Not only is she in her position, but she's poor again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She was like really rich for like 10 minutes.
2: If, if, if Varys feels, here's the real question. If Varys feels that how he feels is, is important enough. How, what lengths will he go to, to get Shay killed or removed from the picture? like, Will he sacrifice uh, like a grieving Tyrion for for like a couple months or whatever in in, in for the greater good? If 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 Shay won't live willingly, like what will what lengths will he go to if he believes that Tyrion is the one best hope for the kingdom?
0: I'm gonna say that my newfound like for Varys would would have me draw the opinion that he would not do that because he and Tyrion are buds now.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point,
0: but. He's but, also a hard worker and he wants to see shit get done and, you know, motivated people.
1: They make some hard decisions sometimes. Well, maybe he can learn a trick or two from his magician friend and make things disappear. <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
0: um, as far as Sansa and Tyrion are concerned, yeah, I, I don't pity Sansa for this arrangement. I mean, I think that she's been in this situation completely against her will. I think it protects her, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, out of all the options that there were, Tyrion Lannister is going to make sure that she is unharmed. He's going to do whatever he can to make sure she's unharmed. And on top of that, he respects her as a person and as a woman and as a lady. And I think that, you know, considering what she's been going through leading up until her marriage with with Tyrion, this is this is the better option. Because, you know, we just saw in the finale where he said to Joffrey, you know, she's not your plaything anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this, yeah. is, this is my wife. And I don't really give two fucks if you're the king. Like, this is my wife. This is a small... Small girl and you need to back the fuck off, dude. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah.
2: No, mm. and, and I mean, even just when you said that, I realized like she is a lot safer with Tyrion than she would have been with Loris. I mean, clearly Loris is the one she wanted to marry, but the the Tyrells are 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 on their way out, if you ask me. I mean, the Lannisters hate
0: the Tyrells. I don't know, man. They have a very rich house as well. And, you know, they're wardens of the south. And uh, I think reigns that. Reigns of
2: Castamere. Reigns of no, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to get
0: two for two, though. I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to take down the Tyrells. I don't yeah. know.
2: Well, 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 I I just meant the Lannister. In, ter- if, in terms of the Lannisters harming Sansa, it would have been a lot easier for them to do it if she was with the Tyrells.
1: One question I had for you guys, Eric, you, you brought up the quote from Tyrion, every time we deal with an enemy, we create two more. But there was there was a clear sense of victory in this season finale for the Lannisters, and they say the war is over. You know, Rob has been defeated; he's dead. Catelyn's dead. Oh, I
2: think you're right. In many ways, it is a, a Lannister victory. We did talk about them being on top, but in general, they're back together. You know, I really wanted to see more fallout from Jamie's return.
1: My question to you was that: Do you feel there's resolution? Do you Do you guys feel the war is over? No.
2: But only—I mean, we've been shown—well, not only this enemy from the north, but let's consider that a separate war. Consider, like, completely disregarding the White Walkers, um, you do have several parts of the kingdom still that loose ends to be tied up. Um, you know, there is Stannis, who is probably geographically out of the picture. An
1: honorable man. But he's, through. he's, he's,
2: he's still clearly looking to make a move uh, of some sort. Um, and you know he does he's not gonna get along. Like in terms of banding together under one common enemy, I said I wouldn't bring up the White Walkers. Um, but the the, the Brathians and Lannisters still have shit. There's also, you know, the issue of the Freys and what the Freys have done. Um, you know, they're not gonna necessarily be trusted ever again, like you said, Micah. And just from what we know, I mean the Boltons are crazy sadistic bastards. I wouldn't be You know, I would I would actually send them first to kill the White Walkers. (laughs) You guys Uh, go ahead. You know, maybe they get away some men like everybody's allies. But I just don't think the war is over. I couldn't say except the Tully's are in a heck of a pickle because they're one of them is being remained, uh, you know, captive, held captive. And the other one's on the run. Like if there's any Tully's left in Riverrun. They are also not going to be on the Lannister side. So I don't think the battle's quite over, but I think, you know, what they mean when they say that is essentially the biggest hurdles are, you know, over. And, And this is when it gets dangerous is because, you know, a little bit of pride, a little bit of arrogance, they can easily slip up.
1: And let us not forget Daenerys as well.
0: Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. And also bail on Greyjoy, who has made the decision not to tuck his tail between his legs. So the Greyjoys are
2: making waves.
0: (laughs) And I I wouldn't be really necessarily scared of the Greyjoys. I mean that's probably a (laughs) shitty assumption. Um, But, you know, as far as the show is concerned, they haven't shown us much of what kind of fighting strength that they have. I mean, I know that they have a place in Westeros, so obviously they can handle their own. I'd be interested to see what sort of opposition they're going to get, because with the Boltons now, the Wardens of the North, um, maybe that's going to be the people they're battling. Mm -hmm. But I I just think in general, the, the revolution that... It was actually the Boltons that destroyed Winterfell that we got at the end of this season. I mean, that that really just blew my mind because I didn't see that coming. I I thought for sure it was different. But now that I think about it, that would have really have been the only option. And I think that's what they were trying to do. With the entire arc of Ramsey and Theon scenes was, oh, at the very end, we're going to let you know that Ramsey Bolton is a Bolton and they're the people that went and got Theon. And I guess they preemptively took care of Winterfell.
2: No, and I, I just wonder what would have happened if Jon Aaron hadn't died. If Ned were still in the north, would there have been any kind of acting from the Boltons against the Starks like this? Um, you know, to seize more power. Would they ever have been ambitious if not for that, that catalyst? And I, I think,
1: no, I think there was a good amount of peace at the time. Yeah. But like, it just seems like
2: that they, they would have done this regardless Um, or they would have waited for an opportunity, but clearly there wasn't as much peace as we really thought there was if these houses are turning on each other so greatly.
0: I think that they were just biding their time and waiting for some shit to storm, you know? Hmm.
2: Well, it's in their sigil, as somebody pointed out on the live show.
0: Yeah, so that's cool. It's all a lot of great stuff. We've got a lot of good material, and you know, the more you look at this last episode, there's so much more than what could be speculated ten minutes after record or ten minutes after
1: airing. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. And uh, did you guys talk any more on the live show about the f- the final scene with Daenerys?
2: No, I, I think for me it was, um, you know, it was a little tense because the gates were locked. You know, and we, we, we heard like some thundering footsteps and weren't quite sure what was going on. Um, but they filled that space pretty well.
0: With uh, those extras. Learning the actual meaning behind a lot of that that happened. um, I think that that's really great. And, you know, it's not to say that we can't have an explosion or a field of nasty enemies at the end of every season. I think it was cool that we were given some terrible, terrible shit at the end of Episode 9. And at the Mm. beginning of this same episode, some terrible, terrible shit. Yeah. You know, what they did with Grey Wind, that was terrible. Um, I hate that for the Starks, uh, the ones that are left at least. And, uh, it was cool to see Danny getting hers, you know, cause obviously this is the role that she's going to play. And it just makes me even more curious about what she's going to do when she inevitably arrives in Westeros. And that was the point, I think, just to keep us yeah. waiting and wanting to see what's going to happen with this mother now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we touched on the fact that, the Lannisters for the time being believe that the war is over but clearly Daenerys is able to continuously add to her forces and is building this massive army you know she got the Unsullied from Astapor now she's moved on to Yunkai and one would think that she's added thousands upon thousands of more people to her army and you know, that's going to take quite a number of boats to cross the Narrow Sea. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they need Roger Cassell to train some of those people, you know? <laughs> They do. All of them maybe maybe they can roll his head and uh, <laughs> and bring him back for season four. But Roderick and Jory go to visit Daenerys. Hey, uh. Barriston's here. <laughs> <laughs> they, and they'd
0: get along just like great John. Yes, they would. I you know, this is my <laughs> secret hope, man. I hope that this entire time that Barriston's hanging out with Danny, that when when uh when Jorah's not around, because Jorah might disagree for certain reasons, uh he's just like, you know, that Ned Stark was a cool guy those Starks are just some honorable people. They take care of the North. Like, if you were ever to take over, you could trust them to take care of the North, you know, because they're they're some pretty uh, upstanding individuals. So when they arrive to Westeros, you know, with their entire army and all their boats, uh, and they find out through the Grapevine. Well, no, they find out through the Grapevine that um, what the Lannisters did to the Starks at a wedding, nonetheless, and just throw in a few slaves. There's a few slaves that were at the wedding, too, that they killed, too. She's going to be like, motherfuckers. (laughs) And she's going to just have her dragons eat every Lannister in charge except it's, Tyrion because yeah. he's cool My it's, really interesting to
2: think that, uh, <laughs> it's really interesting to think that she would have any allies when she crosses the sea mm. um, she's clearly not in contact with any of them that we're aware of uh, so you know but, but inevitably you have to make these uh, allegiances to, to to survive so you know how could she ever get the full story of what these houses are about in order to correctly align herself with the right people and people who aren't going to hold slaves and be evil, like the phrase in the Lannisters.
0: <laughs> Barristan's like, let me introduce you to Varys. He's been keeping check on things while I've been gone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. The Barristan connection is is is, is good because he- It's at key, least, yeah. Yeah, it is key.
1: It's, a, it's her, I mean, aside from Jorah, it's her one tie back to Westeros. And I mean, he's been in the Kingsguard for so many years, you know? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And- I just think it's this great juxtaposition that you have everything going on in Westeros, but then Danny is off East and she's kind of forgotten about. Nobody pays any attention to her. Occasionally, she'll come up in conversation. We had that – wasn't there a conversation earlier this season um, with with when Joffrey and Tywin were talking with each other? Uh, in the throne room, and they mentioned Danny, but th- the less they pay attention to her, the more she's able to build up this army, the larger her gra- dragons grow, and hopefully one day we'll be able to be ridden across the narrow sea. So I think that, you know, while the the Lannisters for the time being see things as being all well and good. I don't know that I want to be the family in power when Danny brings her army across the Narrow sea. <laughs> He's like, who's in charge? They're
0: like oh, the Greyjoys. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the Pains. It's them. The Pains are in charge. Just get them. No, no, I think it's 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 going to be so cool because uh, at the end of the day. Daenerys is the ruler you know everyone else is a usurper to her when, when the Targaryens conquered and they took over a long time ago I mean it was a long time, yeah, ago. A long time ago and she's going to come in and be like hey all of you warring people killing all these people having your own agendas and your own initiatives and saying what's justice and what's not fact is you're killing people and they're all dead so I'm going to take care of everything and then all the normal people mm-hmm. can live yeah. in peace because that's all the normal people want and I hope that that's what she does after she takes care of the White Walkers or the, the White Walker could take care of her I mean you never know you never know the long the end the end exactly you can't stop the long winter you know what I mean the planets are much bigger than any dragons although how cool would it be if Danny, Barristan and Jorah each rode their own dragon
2: uh my mind is blown (laughs) a grey worm could swim
0: well yeah he could swim the whole way because you know Barristan is a tough SOB imagine Barristan hopping off the back of a dragon blowing fire Yeah, that's pretty badass. (laughs) We can speculate. It's a Friday episode. Allow us to do this, please. Yes.
2: No, I would say that any season that has Barristan on the back of a dragon would be the own of that season.
0: (laughs) That needs to be the album artwork for next season when they do it on iTunes. Just Barristan on the back of a dragon with a flaming sword and then like in Star Wars style with like faces superimposed in the front. Everyone's like smiling or looking at the camera stoically. But then there's the hound just looking terrified at the fire on the album artwork like, ah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, not dragons. Why did it
0: happen? Have to be (laughs) dragon.
2: Well, that we were talking about that being an own of the season. Why don't we get to the point of it being where we give our owns of season three?
1: All right, you guys have
2: had enough time to think about this. (laughs) Micah, go.
1: (laughs) I'm going to give my own of the season to Tywin Lannister for Ah. orchestrating the red wedding for all those letters that he wrote. Some credit
2: is due to the phrase. Surely, no,
1: none. It's due to the cunning nature of the lion himself. And all those letters that he wrote, all the planning that he did, all the promises and allegiances that he made, he turned the Boltons against Rob, he convinced Walder Frey to do what he did. Nobody owned more than Tywin this season. Not only for that, but for the conversation he had with Tywin, sorry, with Tyrion and Cersei when he told them, You two guys or you guy and you gal, you're getting married. I'm, he owned Joffrey in the throne room. Yeah. There wasn't – he owned uh, the Queen of Thorns. There wasn't anybody to me that owned more of this season than Tywin Lannister. Wow. It's a safe own, man. It's good <laughs> own. <laughs> it
2: is. It is. It is. It is. It is. It's, it is. This it was is Tywin
1: it is. season. We were just in it. Yeah. I got one, guys.
0: Sam,
2: what's your own of the season? Well,
0: Sam, since you're here,
1: my own of the season – was forgetting that piece of dragon glass to piss Eric Skull off, only to come back in the season finale and be like, "Bitch, check out all this dragon glass I got in my cloak." Well, yeah, that's so too bad. So suck it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm getting collapsed for that, Sam. That was very good. Man, that nice was show. very nice. This is a tough one, you know. There's a lot of really great things that happened this season, and it's I true. think Taiwan being the obvious own honorable mention could be to the Giant in the north uh, for hammering things with this fist into the ground. I think that that is probably the largest feat of strength that we've seen in the entire season <laughs> so far. So that's technically, you know, I'm going to get down to it. Um, Danny freed people. That was really great. Uh, lots of them, and not just once. Um, she also freed them, but kind of didn't free them because they live with her and work for her. But it's, you know, it's... Will. will, It's will. Willpower man- matters. Yeah. I think that this... Is not, I mean, I think the default would have to be Tywin, but barring Tywin and barring the action of a select few throughout the season that didn't necessarily span the whole season, my own of the season would have to go to whatever the entity. That is the Red God. Because yes. throughout yes. this entire season, he has been twisting the strings and twisting the fate, testing the loyalty, performing miracles, some would say, of several of our major characters. And it's spanned throughout the whole season and into the last season. And it's going to keep going. It's going to keep messing with people's heads. It's going to keep saving people. It's going to keep causing murders, maybe saving lives. You know, it really, I don't know. But I do know that it has happened it happened throughout the whole season and it caused a lot of drama within the show. So uh, the red God, whatever it is, if it's a God or if it's some like mage standing on an Island, 1700 <laughs> miles away, just casting a continuous spell, you know, like when Saruman was making the shit happen yeah, and he was yeah. in Gandalf's like trying to like speak against it across the whole middle earth. Like it's <laughs> sort of that, it could be that situation. I don't know. I don't know. So the red God, you know, thank you for being a color that's easy and has a lot to do with the show.
2: The Red God thanks you, Zach. <laughs> oh, Eric. <damn. laughs> uh, my own, then, must go to one Sir Davos Seaworth, who, mm-hmm. from early on, remember, we suspected he might be dead following the events of Blackwater. I didn't. I remained faithful, um, as you would to a Red God, because <laughs> I saw that... Davos saw that it was dragon, uh, juice, dragon fire, wildfire Mm -hmm. before, and he, he had like the one second notice to jump off the boat before everybody else got sizzled. So I was faithful, but I, we weren't sure, you know, and from the first moment this season when we find him on the rock with his shirt off, just surviving, uh, to the point where he, you know, he travels back to Stannis. Stabs Melisandre, tries to kill Melisandre, is it is imprisoned, you know, learns to read and, Thank and you. He, here's the thing. And, and and this this is really it that really shocked me kind of reviewing the final uh final moments is that he basically you know, read the letter that said that they need more people on the wall and was able to formulate his entire position on freeing Gendry and then the trump card that he played getting out of, you know, being killed just all because of that letter, which he would not have been able to do had he not learned to read. Um, so Davos's story in this season was a story of redemption or not even redemption, self-improvement. Um, and, yeah. and, 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 and really he dealt with his, uh, you know, mourning over his son. He, he, he made, he kind of wronged to right by freeing Gendry. And, and really, so his, his journey this season was, was, I think, one of the strongest owns and, uh, you know, learning to read definitely, but able to, being able to read that letter and bring it to Stannis' attention also very unworthy.
0: And that was a good point because he started from shirtless in the middle of a rock. And the only reason he learned to read and that was the only way he was able to trump himself out later. So I propose on Game of Owns for the first time ever. I just thought of this, and I was inspired by what you were just soliloquying, Eric. You you weren't, but I think it sounds cool there. I was just inspired so much (laughs) that I proposed that we start a completely new... I don't want to say segment because it's not a segment and it's only going to happen once a year, once per (laughs) season, and we shall call it the Most Improved Player Award. (laughs) This year's Most Improved Player Award will definitely go to Sir Davos Seaworth for starting on a rock, learning how to read, and using his skills to save the kingdom, hopefully, or at least get us prepared a little bit ahead of time. He
2: is hooked on phonics.
0: Yeah, it worked for him. Go Davos. (laughs) Davos.
2: And, uh, you know, honorable, honorable mention to Shireen, yeah. Yeah, Shireen, for, yeah. For, for for teaching him, for getting him started there. And also, uh, why does Knight have a G in it? We j- we may never know.
0: <laughs> we don't know. We <laughs> the, can't w- know. The world may never know. So there you go. Most approved player. I like that. Yeah. Um, now we'll have to think about what happened the last few seasons. But, yeah. yeah. Let us know who you think the most improved player was. I think it was pretty, obviously, Davos. But there's a handful of shit out there that people can construe in a handful of different ways. So we shall see. Very much so. Well, guys, we know that that was all what you were listening for,
2: our owns of the season. We'll have to get Selena's from her the next time she comes back around uh, on that boat. She's just doing circles around us. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll have to get that from her. But you've heard it. And now we would like you, if you haven't already, to contribute to us your owns of the season. This is how we do it. Um, basically, this you can do, uh, do wow, wow, now, now. Wow, now, now. this is how we do it. Oh, wow, wow, this wow, is how wow. we do it. It's oh, Friday oh,
1: night. Oh, hey, it is Friday night. They call me up. Uh, <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> yeah. All right, I know the song where we got mixed up a little bit. Send us your own. Send us your own. Yes. Where yes. here
1: on the west side? Uh, so <laughs> I reach for my 40.
0: So I reach for my 40. I think he says, I reach for my 40 and I turn it up. And I don't know if that's like turning up the volume of the song, turning up. Up the intensity of the evening or turning your 40 up to guzzle some alcoholic beverage we shall see Could Send be us that as well on twitter eric knows the addresses yes
2: uh twitter.com slash game of owns we are facebook.com slash game of owns on facebook play facebook ascent game of thrones ascent if you are looking for something to do and we're at contact at game of owns.com is our email
0: It's true. And don't forget, there is a place where our show is posted because there are brothers in arms and our lovers in arms. If you ask the right people, winnerscoming.net, it is a news source for all things Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. I want to say Game and Thrones because it sounded cooler there, but it doesn't quite make as much sense. And we have an incredible community of people that are commenting consistently and adding to the conversation and, and in turn, adding a shitload to this show. So we thank you and we welcome you to join if you aren't joined that made sense
1: (laughs) and uh, if you've liked these episodes that we've done throughout the course of season three and why wouldn't you uh you should head on over to itunes and give us a rate and review nothing less than five stars is acceptable in the month of june It is true. Just ask anybody else that you happen to come across uh, in your daily life, on the street, on (laughs) the bus, on the train, at work. They'll tell you nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Uh, Just like Borden Wilson did. They say, I owe these guys a big thanks. I have procrastinated rereading A Feast for Crows and A Dance with Dragons for two years. The prospect of reading A Clash of Kings along with the Goo Crew has finally led me to finish these two books and rushing through book one. Grazie. By Mm. the way, if you are prone to fall for voices, you will be head over heels for Selena. Uh. Oh,
2: we were waiting
0: for it. Borden.
1: One out of one listeners found this review helpful.
0: (laughs) Nice. Yes. Yeah, listen to the dulcet tones of the girl on the show. Mm-hmm. I can try to sound like a girl if some of you would like me to. But there's ladies that listen to this show. Maybe they'll fall head over heels for Sam. Mm? Yeah. That's
2: what I thought Borden was going to say.
0: Well, Borden actually called into the show on Wednesday, too. So uh, big ups to you, man, listening. You were great on the show. It was fun editing your voice and blah, 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 (laughs) blah. It was fun
2: editing your voice. What a creepy thing to say. That's creepy, but hell. I have control over it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I only made it for the better, I promise. And yeah, it's cool. So Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it.
1: And uh, just like Borden did, you can go on over to iTunes and uh, leave us your thoughts. We really appreciate it. Let us know what you thought of our uh, season three banter. And uh, we'll be sure to read more of these uh, reviews on future episodes. We really, really want to keep this off season alive and by alive
0: I mean let's carry the same energy that we have now throughout the entire year because it is such a long wait there are many sleeps between now and then and um, Game of Thrones is here we're going to be here we're not going to stop we're going to continue to do this because it's a blast to do and you guys make it better by being a part of it so continue Uh to just tell everybody in your life about Game of Thrones and uh, maybe they'll enjoy it this has (laughs) been our Friday Game of Mm -hmm. Thrones goodbye everybody this is how we do it
1: yeah buddy
2: I'm Elvira Anaranjado oh what? I, that's my Spanish
0: name <laughs> I remain Zach Louie your humble friend and I'm um, Micah Tannenbaum he's from New York goodbye everybody <laughs> <laughs> go Hawks this is how
2: we do it this is how we do it
0: It's Friday night and I feel alright